Good evening. Ah. Welcome to uh, a wonderful evening. Time of refreshing at the assembly. Oh my goodness, this has been a, a glorious day of, of uh, winning, winning. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I hope everyone is doing well today. Uh, this is Pastor Andrew Ross at the assembly, and welcome again to Times of Refreshing. I hope that you have been uh, enjoying a wonderful day. Uh, we've had several things happening in our country, and even more so in our state. I just got word uh, confirmation that we had a very uh, peaceful uh, march and demonstration. Uh, for George Floyd, who was killed uh, wrongfully, and we are still doing what we need to do uh, to be the best example in the moment. Uh, let's see, if you will, you've got your Bibles out, you're going to enjoy tonight, we are going to be digging into the Word of God. Can we pray? before we do that. Good evening, good evening, Sister Jack. Good evening, good evening, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah, glory be to God, hallelujah. Is everyone hearing me? You're hearing me fine? If you're hearing me well, then give me a, uh, a thumbs up. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for your presence your fullness, your loving kindness, your peace, uh, everything that embodies you that we don't have, we thank you for, God. We give you glory and honor and praise. I submit myself to you as we dig into your word tonight. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of... If you are the person with the severe headache right now, would you just put your hands on your head? Would you just put your hands on your forehead? Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I speak against that headache. Headache, you are in submission to the voice of the man of God. In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. You will not interrupt the study of the Word of God by this saying. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Someone has been experiencing severe anxiety. Severe anxiety. You haven't been able to leave the house. I'm speaking to you in the name of Jesus. God is releasing you of anxiety right now. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are a good, good father. You are a good, good father. You will not give a snake instead of bread. You would not give us a rock instead of a bread. But every time we've needed anything, you have been the provider. Father, I thank you tonight for your healing power that is flowing through the airways, flowing through the airways, healing, healing, healing in Jesus' name, 
in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Yes, 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 yes. Glory be to God. If you uh, see me, I get really excited when I'm beginning to talk about the Word of God. And uh, so if you see me sweating a little bit, I've uh, had folks laughing at me about how I'm constantly using my rag and sapping my head. And, uh, it's and so uh, I welcome you in tonight. I welcome you in tonight. Hallelujah. Woo. Bless the name of the Lord. I hope that you were following us on Sunday. Because what we talked about on Sunday uh, is connected to what we're going to dig into tonight. Uh, on Sunday, uh, we started a message called Be Hungry. Be Hungry. Be Hungry. I hope that you were able to, to connect with us on Sunday. We are going to dissect even further uh, that verse because it is a key I believe to what God is trying to do and say to us right now in this moment, in this moment. Uh, <clears throat> so here we go. Let me pull up the notes and we will go right in. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The first uh, verse that we looked at on Sunday was... Uh, Psalms 41, Psalms 42, and I want you to find that. We're going to just do a quick recap. Psalms 42, verses 1 and 2, and it says, As a deer pants after the water brooks, or after the water, so pants my soul after you, O Lord. My soul thirsts for you, God, for you, the living God. As a deer pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul after you. My soul thirsts for you, O God. You are the living God. The next, uh, and this was on the topic of being hungry. And there's a connection between hunger and righteousness that we're going to look at. Matthew 5 and 6, Matthew 5 and 6, I'm turning right along with you. Matthew 5 and 6 says, <clears throat> Matthew 5 and 6, you all know it, but we're going to just, just go through the formality of finding and digging in. Uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's the key verse in our text that I pulled from on Sunday. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Uh, we talked about three things on Sunday connected to that verse. One was that hunger and thirst is uh, normal. It's, it's, it's natural. It's instinctive. You can't make yourself just not be hungry. You couldn't wake up and tell yourself you will not be thirsty today and you will not be thirsty. These things are, are uh, just, they come naturally. They come naturally. Hunger and thirst comes naturally. So when the Word of God says, 
they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, what he's actually telling you is a, a command. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a directive that is being given here. And I'm going to show you why this is a directive. Uh, <clears throat> let's dig into righteousness first, because I think we've got to set it up properly. The word is saying in Matthew 5 and 6, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they that, that, that manage, that, that put pressure on themselves to hunger and thirst, not after what your body, your sinful man, your mind, your, your, your carnal self wants to hunger for naturally. But make yourself hunger after the things of God and thirst after the things of God by doing what Paul said. Paul said, I, I beat my body into subjection. The apostle, he said, I'm not allowing my body to do whatever it wants because if I do, my body will not hunger and thirst after righteousness naturally. I have to train my body and train my mind and train my spirit with the word of God and prayer and intercession so that thirsting after God and righteousness becomes normal and natural. And that in itself is a lifetime commitment. You don't get there overnight. I don't get there overnight. Quite often you will take three steps forward and you feel like you've taken one or two backward. Then you take three or four forward and then you feel like you've taken one backward. Why? Because the fight is against your body. This carnal man. Let's look at that for a moment. Let's look at that for a moment. Uh, and I'm going to set this up just a little bit for me. Uh, we said that hunger and thirst is natural and instinctive. That was number one. Number two, uh, we said that we can train our mind and our spirit to respond to new instincts. We can train, God expects us to train our mind and our spirit to follow or respond to new instincts. That can only happen through the help of the Holy Spirit. He's been sent as the helper. So I just want to, for those who, who are new and you're a new Christian, you may not be following as quickly as I'm speaking. The person that God sent to help you change the response of your, your, your worldly, natural, sinful instincts is the Holy Spirit. He was left after Jesus came, died on the cross, was crucified, uh, lay in the grave for three days, rose from the grave, ascended to heaven. He said, don't be worried, I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send a helper. That helper was the Holy Spirit. And he has come to give you the, the encouragement, the push, the help to respond with new instincts towards God. Okay. <clears throat> Let's look into righteousness because it says those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. If you can, look with me at uh, the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 14, 
and 34. Deuteronomy 14 and 34. And it says, you can write it down and look at it later. I'll read. Uh, not Deuteronomy, sorry. Proverbs 14 and 34. Proverbs 14 and 34. Uh, righteousness exalts a nation or a people. Righteousness exalts a nation or exalts the people. But sin is a reproach to every nation or it, vice versa. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to every people or to all people. Let me paraphrase that in an even better way. Righteousness <coughs> lifts up a nation. That's a better phrase for, for, for most of us. Righteousness or right living or right walking lifts up a nation. Sin brings reproach or brings embarrassment or brings, brings down, brings, brings a curse, brings destruction to any people. Sin brings devastation to people. Righteousness uplifts. Sin breaks down. Righteousness uplifts. Okay. <clears throat> uh, the verse does not say, and I had to write this down, the verse does not say that our past righteousness will exalt us today. I want you to get these little things. The verse is not saying our past righteousness will exalt us today so that you can build up a, 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 a resume that, that is boastful for you. No, 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 no. This is an actual day-to-day -day experience of walking in righteousness. It also does not say uh, that our current sin will one day distract or distance our future into reproach. That our sin, it does not say that our current sin will one day in the distant future be a reproach. It is not saying those things. It is saying very clearly and very blanketly, in a blanket way, that, that under every condition, righteousness lifts up a nation Iniquity or sin, breaking God's laws, brings a reproach to all people. Now, that's, that's a wonderful verse, but to really understand what is being said here, we need to dig a little deeper and, and go into what righteousness is. Because I think once we do that, you will be kind of uh, surprised that God puts, puts that much emphasis on righteousness. The definition for righteousness or rightness. <clears throat> See if I can give you some of that before we move any further. Uh, let's see. Righteousness, righteousness. Uh, <clears throat> what is righteousness? It is one of the chief attributes of God. It is uh, the, 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 the action or quality 
of strong moral stance. It is standing always on what is right to do over what is wrong to do. Strong moral compass, always making the right decision and doing the right things right rather than allowing ourselves to do the wrong things. Many of the people out there would say to me, well, well I'm, I'm pretty righteous. I don't do a lot of wrong things. And here's the thing, that if you are unsaved and you are not a believer, it's impossible for you to even make that statement because of what the Bible says about you and I. Whether you call yourself a good person or not, you are unable, I am unable to stand in moral perfection without God. It does not matter how good your training was as a, as a child. It does not matter the environment, how perfect it was that you grew up in. It is impossible for you to stand in perfect moral standing before God or like God without the help of God himself in your life. You and I will do wrong things. And so when we talk about being right and being righteous, I see a direct connection to the pressure that we have been feeling right now in our country. We've had a social pandemic, we've had a, a physical pandemic, and then we've had have had in an, a, a financial pandemic all converging at the same time. Bishop Jake said that uh, there two ago, and I completely agreed with him. For the first time in the history of our country, we've got a, a moral conversion, conversion uh, where, where there's a pandemic of, of glaring behavior that says our moral compass has been lost that what's wrong is being pointed at as right and what's right has been neglected and discarded as something that we don't have to do. That's the moral side, that's the social side of it. The financial side is the crash where many, many people are losing millions of dollars because businesses are unable to open we are losing money. We are in a financial pandemic. And that pandemic was brought on from the physical pandemic of corona. We have never had those three things coming together. Where there's a social pandemic of, of, of rebellion and anger and rage because of systematic treatment, negative, racial, whatever kind of treatment you would like to call it. Uh, that steps on the rights of many. We're having that converge now. Here is what I want to say about this. The Word of God tells us, you and I, something very direct. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 
5, verses 21. If I have that right. Hmm. Or even, hmm. Matter of fact, I put put a put a tick on that for one moment, and go with me to Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 9 and 10. Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 9 and 10. And this is what Jeremiah 17 says. This is, this is about you and I. Ooh. Verses 9 and 10, Jeremiah 17. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. I, the Lord, who stands in perfect moral positioning, who can judge with justice, who has never done anything wrong, I am able to look at your life and tell you that you and I cannot, we do not have the ability to do right by ourselves, by our fellow man, by God, if God himself doesn't help us. Jeremiah 17, chapter 17, verse 9 and 10 again. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct and according to what their deeds deserve. Go to another one. Mark chapter 7, verses 21. Mark 7 and 21. Mark 7 and 21. Mark, Mark 7 and 21. And what does that say for us? It says, <clears throat> Adult, uh, matter of fact, we can go back to 20, then 21. And he went on, What comes out of a person is what defiles them. 21. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, Murder, go on to verse 22, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. This is the expectation that you and I have of ourselves. Doesn't matter how much we cover up, how much we try to show that we are doing right by everyone else. God says that without him, we do not have the ability to walk right or walk righteously. We do not have the ability without his help 
to do the right things right. Let me make that clear, because we are at a point in our society with everything that's been going on, where you are being challenged, you will continue to be challenged to walk wrong and call it right. You will be continually challenged to accept wrong and make like it's right. And when that happens, God says it will defile, it will destroy the nation. Righteousness is the only thing you and I allowing God, oh my goodness, you and I allowing God to bring us into moral and ethical rightness is what will be the savior of our country. When all of the marching is over, when all of the, 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 the rhetoric, when all of the, the, the anger is done, when all of the policies change, when, when even if we get over racial tensions and, and divisions, there will be something else that will take its place if we are not connected to God so that he can help us walk Today's racism, tomorrow it's wholesale murder or genocide. We've gone to, you've seen many countries where they did not have a problem with racism. But you know what they had a problem with? Drugs. Either making and shipping it out or, or using it. Or we've got, we've, they didn't have a problem with, with racial tension, but they had a problem with, with financial disaster where the currency of that country compared to the U.S. is, is 100 to 1, 1,000 to 1 Venezuela, a country that has oil, produces oil for the world market. One of the few in that region still has one of the lowest rated currencies in that part of the world. Why? Because if it's not one thing, it's going to be another thing that will take the place of whatever is bringing debauchery to the nation or to the city outside of the righteousness that comes from God. The moral standing, the moral uh, 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 letter, the, the moral directive that comes from God. Uh, let's look, compare that to Matthew 12 and 35. Matthew 12 and 35. Matthew 12 and 35. There's so much that I've got that I'm, it feels like I'm jumping around, but I'm hoping that you are getting the main idea that you and I have to make ourselves bring ourselves into subjection to the Holy Spirit and let Him guide us into truth let him guide us into newfound hunger and thirst for God, or else we will never get there. We will never get there. Matthew 12 and 35. Matthew 12 and 35 says, uh, let's see. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up 
in him. And an evil man brings evil out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. These are literal things. These are not spiritual things. These are not speaking in tongues and, and uh, uh, praying like Moses. These are things that literally you will have to give an account for all of what your mouth produces, all that your hands did, all that your, your, your legs or your feet walked you into, and all of that is controlled based on the Spirit of God leading you into right or righteousness, into, into right behavior and abstaining from wrong behavior. Walking in ethical perfection or ethical direction according to God's leading. That cannot happen outside of God's help. It cannot. It cannot. It cannot. Okay, let's look at some proof. Go to the book of Job for me because this will show you, some of us, where we are right now. The book of Job. The beginning of the book of Job. The beginning of the book of Job. Okay, Job chapter 1. You can see I'm turning my pages. Okay. And it says, In the land of Azaruz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. This man, no one could point a finger at him where he lived at any point in his life. I want you to listen to this and say, Job did me wrong or Job was not fair in his dealings with me. The guy got an extra buck that he should not have gotten. Matter of fact, he lived like the le according to the letter of the law. He did not have empathy within him. That This is not the man we're talking about here. This says he was blameless in that everyone around him appreciated him. Why? Not because he did things right, but he did things right with the right attitude. How many times have you come across someone that did something right, but the way they looked, the way they treated you, the way they, connect, they, they, they responded to you, still left a very bitter taste in your mouth? Well, that cannot change outside of God's help. It will never change because sin has a way of blowing up at a time when you least expect it. Let's get back to Job. He was not just blameless, but he was upright or righteous. He feared God and shunned evil. So this man was righteousness of of true moral and ethical standing as with God as his picture, as his template. This man was standing in right moral and ethical standing with God as his template. Okay. 
He had seven sons, three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep and uh, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and it goes down. Verse 4, his sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the period of feasting had run, of course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice burnt offering for each of them, uh, thinking perhaps uh, my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. I want you to see that. It was his regular practice. Remember we talked about the regularity of prayer? When prayer becomes a regular thing, it creates a spontaneous connection with God so that you hear God from moment to moment. But you cannot not have regular something and then have beautiful spontaneity. It does not happen. He did this as regular custom. What, what did he do as regular custom? He was blameless as regular custom. He was upright or walked righteously. He had ethical and moral and, and clear lines between right and wrong. And all of that was only able, was only done because he feared God. Because he had an appetite that said, I will hunger and thirst after the right one. If you want to know, when the Bible said, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled, we need to know that your God, my God, is the epitome of righteousness. It says, just and right is he. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. That's our God. He is just and right. He is righteousness. So if you're going to hunger and thirst for righteousness, you have to be hungering and thirsting for God. You have to be the one that says, God, I cannot do right by myself, by my family, by the country, by the rest of the citizens around me, unless you are the one that's keeping me in line through the help of your Holy Spirit. Okay, now we're going to get into what we need to look for. Because the level of your righteousness, the level of your hunger produces the level of your righteousness. The level of your hunger or the intensity of your hunger for God produces the level of righteousness or rightness in which you walk. <clears throat> it says one day, uh, the angel angels came to present verse 6 themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them and the Lord said to Satan where have you come from? Satan answered uh, from roaming to and fro above the, around the earth then the Lord said to Satan have you considered my servant Job there's no one on earth like him he is blameless and righteous upright a man who fears me and shuns evil. I want you to see that. Someone who loves God and hates evil, not just in their words, but in the way they live their lives, can be identified as a righteous person. You, if this is the intent of your heart, you are a righteous person. When the adversary comes to attack your righteousness, your moral strength, your right and wrong added, uh, 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 template, the way you carry yourself, he will start 
just like he started with Job. I don't think everyone got that. And that's why we went to Job tonight. It says, at some point, while they were having fellowship, one day, verses 23, One day, Joseph's mother were feasting and drinking, and the old brothers happened to mention you came and said, The oxen and the plow and the donkey are grazing nearby, and the uh, Sabaeans attacked and made off with them, put their servants to the sword, and I am the only one left. We are under the attack. The first thing that happened, and I see a mirror here to us, was the attack of Corona. And one of the first losses began to experience was the pandemic of physical loss because of this virus. The first thing that the, the adversary attacked, God said, the first thing that was attacked was his family, people that he knew, people that he connected with, people that he worked with people that you work with, people that you know next to you, people that within your family. The adversary is at the root of the attack that has been happening in our country, starting first with death among people, causing you to question when people that are Christians and believers that you know are dying of corona, is God really the same God that that is above everything does he really understand and know everything why are christians dying in the same way dying well job could have asked the same thing job could have asked the same thing i am a blameless man i treat everyone right i fear god and i hate evil and i stand using the moral and ethical code of right and wrong coming directly from God and all of a sudden I lost my entire family if you've gone through physical loss people that you couldn't imagine would die as part of this pandemic your righteousness shows up in how you treat after that my God. There are folks who are not grounded in their faith. The word of God was sprinkled in their lives on rocky ground. They've never taken hold. Hold. I mean, a, 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 a hungering hold on God. And when this pandemic hit them, they fell away. Some of them even cursing God giving up their faith and the reason for that they don't understand was not because God was bad but because they were being given an opportunity to produce what God himself has sown into them and that is righteousness right behavior means treating God right and not blaming God for the wrong that happens around you Job did not blame God. He saw God as the ultimate caretaker, 
the maker of heaven and earth, and he said, if God allowed this to happen to my kids, then God knows why he did. I don't understand this, but I am going to still trust God in the middle of this. I am going to still give God worship in the middle of this. So he went on. When the adversary saw that he took all of his family away from him, and he still held his faith, he still stood in his righteous position, the adversary goes back to God and says, Well, I know God. If, if you let me take away his stuff, he's going to curse you. There are people in our country that did not kick up a fuss because they did not lose family members directly to them. They did not lose a mom or dad or a brother or sister to the coronavirus. But by the second or third month of this attack, when it started to create a financial pandemic, now when their stuff was gone, all of a sudden their 401k has gone from, from half a million dollars to $100,000 overnight. Now that's the next level, and it's at that level that they've lost faith. Are you going to be one of those people? Are, are you going to be the person that loses your righteous behavior because you've lost someone to corona that you didn't understand why God took them? Are you going to be the one that loses your righteousness, that loses your moral, ethical, right and wrong stance before people as an emissary and ambassador of God because you were set to retire in a few years, but this pandemic has created a financial upheaval that has caused you to lose almost everything. And now, God isn't God because he took all my stuff away. This is the time when hungry folks will get fed. They that are hungry and thirsty after the righteousness of God will be filled. Whatever you lose now, or it looks like you're losing now, get ready, get ready, get ready. If you hold your ground and stand in righteousness, you will get double for your trouble. Who have You have made a commitment to stand whether you lose people physically to death because of the pandemic or whether you lose money or things. You understand that God created it all. And if he lets it go, then he has a better plan for you. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. He loses his kids first. Then he loses uh, his, all of his talent. And then he loses uh, uh, what? And his uh, verse, verse 18 of the first chapter while he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and your daughters were feasting and uh, they died. Uh, <clears throat> and suddenly a mighty wind swept 
Some desert and struck the four corners of the house and collapsed and they all are dead. And Job, at this Job got his tourist clothes and shaved his head and worshipped God. He just went before God. Then he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I will depart. Uh, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. The Lord gives and the Lord, that's not a crazy behavior. That's righteous behavior. That's the guy who is hungering and thirsting after God who understands that God gave me what I have and God has the right to take it back because God can double it up, he can triple it up, or he can just decide that I am best serving him by not replacing anything. But he is God. He loses his, his family, he loses his, the things in his life, the, the physical, financial work, and then it starts to attack him. The adversary gets permission to attack his body now. Is there something that has attacked your body? I've got at least two friends that I know that have battled cancer and have been fighting. And one of the most encouraging things to me is that they have held their righteousness in the midst of cancer. I have been around people who lost their, their righteous behavior because they prayed and fasted and sent a love offering in for, on behalf of a family member that was dealing with some dreaded disease and they prayed and prayed and prayed and fasted and asked the church to pray and the family member still died of that disease. And because of that, they lost their faith. These are things that the adversary is continuing to reuse and even though he used it in Job's time and Job came out with flying colors, we still have believers who are not figuring out that the adversary is going to try to use the same thing again on you. And you have an opportunity if he attacks your body, worship God. If he attacks your money, worship God. If he attacks your, 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 your family members or people around you dying that you did not think would ever just die suddenly, you worship God. You worship God. You worship God. So someone said, no, no, we will not abandon the word based on circumstances. I will not abandon the word. Look at somebody around you and tell them, I will not abandon the word of God and the promises of God to me based on my circumstances. I make a commitment to stand. I make a commitment to stand. I make a commitment to stand. I make a commitment to stand in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let's uh, uh, dig into just one other uh, thing here. Glory be to God. Glory be to Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. 
He is the rock. I love to, I took you to Deuteronomy 32 and 4 uh, because I love what it said about God himself. Deuteronomy 32 and 4 says, He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Got, got, got to simmer on that for a moment. You've got to simmer on that. This is the God that you are trusting tonight. This is the God that, that, that the adversary is going to and say, have you considered, uh, if, if you let me attack uh, Richard or Grant or, or Angela or, or uh, Luida or, or Grace or, or uh, Victoria with this and this and this, they will curse you and die. They will walk away from the faith. There are many believers right now because of what they think is an injustice that is never ending in our country. 400 years of what they believe is, is, has been continued slavery. If you are a believer, you will not abandon your faith because you don't see God coming through at the time that you think he should come through or in the way that you thought he should come through. You will not question him. You can cry to him. I cry to him all the time. And I say, Lord, I don't know if I can make it. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need Holy Spirit. I, I, I feel like I'm going to fall out right now. I feel like I'm, I'm about to, to fall off the track. I, I feel like I'm about to, to fall off the rail. Holy Spirit, help me. I have never not felt the help of the Holy Spirit when I call on God for help. I got to finish reading it though. Deuteronomy, sorry, 32 and 4. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. You've got to be able to stand and say that continuously. He is my rock. His deeds are perfect. Whatever happens to me, whatever I go through, whatever I'm dealing with, he's my rock and his deeds are perfect. He's my rock and his deeds are perfect. That's why I will continue to be hungry for God. They that hunger and thirst after God shall be filled one way or another. They that hunger and thirst after God shall be filled one way or another. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He is, faith, he is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright is he? He is a faithful God who does no wrong, how just and upright is he? So, for us, its chief meaning, that rightness, righteousness, is not just to, to try to do right, but to trust God through the help of the Holy Spirit to walk right.
We don't just want to do right. We want to walk right. We, just, we don't want to have our, our moments of right behavior. We want to have a lifestyle of right behavior. We don't want to have instances of moral correctness. We want our morality to step line in line with that of God himself. It can be done. It can be done. But we have to let the hunger and thirst be directed towards what? God himself. Remember we said in the beginning, you cannot stop yourself from being hungry or thirsty. It's a natural uh, response. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's just going to happen. You, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be thirsty. The question is, what will I make my mind and my body and my soul be thirst for? What will I beat myself into subjection to be thirsty for and be hungry for? Is it going to be uh, the money that I was saving up that have lost some of it during this financial pandemic? Is it going to be the, the, the family member, the husband or wife or child that I love so dearly? Uh, I read one of the, the losses was a, a family in Michigan, a mother, who had a beautiful, uh, just a handsome 19-year-old son graduated from high school in Michigan, and uh, he was given a full scholarship, I believe, as a linebacker, one of the best in the country, coming out, should have come out this year. And he contracted uh, COVID-19 and died. And then within days of his death, his father, who had just retired, Every plan that they had, she'd reared that child from an infant. She delivered him, see him grow, watched him work out day and night and get big and become a good football player to be getting a full scholarship to the University of Michigan. And then a husband that had worked tirelessly all of his life for I believe 30 something years and now they were going to sit back in retirement, enjoy retirement, travel wherever Michigan was playing, go to all of the football games, enjoy their life. She was a believer. And she said the same thing that Job said. My heart breaks. I don't have words to explain my anguish. But I know one thing. God gives and God takes away. And the only thing that I have to hold on to is my faith in God. Will you be that person tonight with all of this ruckus going on in our society? Whether you are a Democrat or a Republican, whether you are, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in that everything that you are going through needs, and I am going to, needs to be filtered through the word and promises of God. And our faith in God has to become unshakable. 
our faith in God must become unshakable. Lord, I will not survive. I will thrive. I want you to look at yourself if you're the only one sitting there knowing that because you have committed yourself to hold on to God and not give up to stand strong in this period of testing our entire country is going through severe testing you have an opportunity to survive just survive or thrive I'm telling you with the help of the Holy Spirit you can thrive you don't have to just survive you don't have to just survive COVID-19 you don't have to just survive the, the financial uh, uh, crashing. You don't have to just survive the, the, the social breakdown with the looting and the fighting and the, and the, the misinterpretation of, of, of what it means to, to feel uh, angry and feel uh, broken and feel disappointed. You and I will not just survive, we will thrive. We will not just survive, we will thrive. In the name of Jesus, I'm speaking to everyone that is committing themselves to be hungry and thirsty after the righteousness of God, to be hungry and thirsty after God himself, to be hungry and thirsty after the directives of God, that you will not just survive, you will thrive in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I come receiving that. We receive that tonight, that we are not just survivors. We are not just survivors. We will not just make it through this pandemic, uh, financial pandemic, social pandemic, physical pandemic of sickness. We will not just make it through by the skin of our teeth, but because we are holding on to our faith because we are holding on to your promises because we are hungry for you we are hungry for you we are hungry for you because we are hungry for you we will not just survive we will thrive like Job when everything around him said you are just going to survive your kids dying you are just going to survive you're losing all of your cattle and all of your money you will just survive the sickness that is eating away at your body and sores and, 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 and you look miserable that your wife now is saying to you the person who is supposed to be your best friend in the world is now at the end of all of these things is saying to you curse God and die oh the example of this man of God says though you slay me Though he slays me, yet will I trust him. Yet will I trust him. This is the hunger. This is the hunger, friend. This is the hunger, believer. Though he slays me, yet will I trust him. Father, we thank you tonight. We have been shaky at different points during the last several months our faith has been sh shook to the core in many ways but tonight we reaffirm our confidence in you tonight we reaffirm our commitment to you 
Tonight we reaffirm our connection to you, O oh God. We will not let go until you bless us. We will not let go until you bless us. We will not let go. 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 We believe in your word. We believe in your promises. We believe that you are able to bring us out, not just by the skin of our teeth, not just in survival mode, but you are able to bring us out in spectacular fashion. To bring us out in spectacular fashion, God. To bring us out in spectacular fashion. God, I thank you for bringing me out in spectacular fashion. Come on, come on, somebody say it with me. Speak it to your own spirit. Tell your own body, tell your own mind. God, my God, will supply every need. My God will, is, a, is a Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. I will come out in spectacular fashion. I will come out in spectacular fashion. I will make it not just in survival mode, but I will make it in spectacular fashion. In the name of Jesus. I will thrive because God's word is the rock of my life. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that we have you and the word that you've given, that you swore by your own name that you would never leave us. You would not forsake us. You will be with us. You will bless us. And we hold on to that tonight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight, thank you. I felt each of you. I felt your participation. I felt your prayer. And I hope that you felt the same anointing as myself and Pastor Richard, who is here with me, prayed and connected to God on your behalf. Thank you for... Uh, being with me in Bible study, be hungry, be ready, be what God wants you to be. The best is yet to come. Thank you for connecting with us in times of refreshing at the assembly on a Wednesday night. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome evening. We love you. Hallelujah.